To another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I am Sheila Amato, and you can find me and my wife on Twitter at Forever Fan Pod. And I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on our website, foreverfangirls.com, or Instagram, Forever Fan Pod. We are your hosts, and we're glad you can join us. As you heard from our intro, we are going to be discussing the live action prequel to 101 Dalmatians, Cruella, with Emma Stone as the title character. Yeah. So, we've got a lot to unpack here, so let's just get started with the banter music for those who haven't seen the film yet and don't want to be spoiled. So, last time we met, or recorded... Virtually met? Yeah. That that, That that, works. Virtually met. Um, We announced our biggest giveaway to date. Yes, we announced we were giving away three. One, two, three. I just wanted to do that again. Cat Burrell autographs. Yes, and we're very excited to announce the winners. Uh, we do have three winners, uh, but before we one, do, two, three. Oh Sorry. my goodness! But before that, um, we will wait a little later on in the podcast to announce them. So stay tuned. But for now, let's dive right into Cruella. Okay, so Cruella was released simultaneously in theaters and Disney Plus Premiere. Those who had Premiere access. Um, on May 28th, 2021 in the U.S. And here is the synopsis from Disney+. Plus. Emma Stone stars in Disney's Cruella, which explores the rebellious early days of one of cinema's most notorious and notoriously fashionable villains, Cruella de Vil. Set in 1970s London amidst the punk rock revolution, the movie follows a young grifter named Estella and reveals the series of events that caused her to embrace her wicked side and become the raucous and revenge-bent Cruella. You just like doing that raspy voice or something? Cruella Deville, Cruella Deville. Those are the really only words that I know to this day still. <laughs> Cruella, Cruella Deville. <laughs> yes. So, um, as Kimberly mentioned earlier, this is a prequel. Um, it's the or, the origin story of how Cruella de Vil became, came, came to, to be. be. Oh my goodness, I have marbles in my mouth. I'm so sorry. So anyway, um, similar to Maleficent, this is a very intricate and complex, the first Maleficent. Yes. I should preface that. Um, it's very intricate, complex, and layered. The story of a life, how how it can be cruel and unfair but it's how you persevere that builds your character right there's a lot to the story but we're going to try to set this up for you the film opens up with a voiceover of estella recounting her early years discussing the family heirloom that her mother Catherine wears around her neck it's also the reason behind estella's death but more on that later okay 
from the very beginning, we learn Estella has a darker and sometimes ambitious side, right? In the primary school, uh, she finds her best friend, Buddy, in a dumpster. Buddy's a little, I guess, mutt? I don't know. He's just adorable. He's a four, yes, a little four-legged friend. Um, she is horribly bullied, but she also fights back. Yeah. Right? Um, and then she also finds um, a kindred spirit, I guess, in Anita Darling. Mm-hmm. All right? And her Estelle's creativity and her behavior is not appreciated. And then she gets expe- uh, not expelled. Not expelled. He didn't get to say it. No. She was withdrawn from school, um, and they head to London for a new life. But but you know what I know? My badness lever is unusually hell for someone my size. <laughs> yes. I was actually thinking about that from the from Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> Although I think it was Lilo who said that line. Yes, it, it was Lilo, but <laughs> it still works. It does work. Anyway, back to Cruella. Her mother asks for financial assistance from the Baroness and unfortunately pays for it with her life. Now, Estella is on the run. She witnesses her mother's death. And so she just, you know, runs to London where she meets Jasper and Horace and the most adorable chihuahua. Wink. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. Well, because he only has one eye. I know. Yeah, they, they, meet, they meet for the first time in Regent's Park by the fountain. And they grow up together, drifting. But Estella dreams of more, right? She wants to be a fashion designer. Through grit, determination, and ingenuity. Ooh. Oh, actually, it's ingenuity. I mispronounced that, but that's okay. Um, She's hired by the Baroness, and it seems like a dream come true, but when Estella sees her mother's necklace around the Baroness's neck, Cruella discovers the truth about the murder, the necklace, and herself. Dun, dun, dun. And that's what you missed on. Glee. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna get in trouble for that you know, I know that, right i know but it's so true because we're we want to give you an understanding of a framework of the story and mm-hmm. this just has a lot of layers to it yes yeah there's there's so much so much more to it but we really don't want you to have like a play-by-play line by line so yeah. we're going to go right into the good the bad the cute and the unicorn poop <laughs> okay uh so let's start with the good then okay I can't help but think about the marketing and and the difference between how Disney was doing this versus the last film we reviewed. Oh, Those Who Wish Me Dead? Yes. Yeah, there was no marketing on that at all. And that's Warner Brothers and HBO? Yeah. And for this, I was seeing Cruella ads all over the place. I was getting emails from Disney Plus saying Premiere Access coming soon. Oh, there you go. Um, I actually, you know, I was listening to music on Spotify and... The ad came on there. The point that I was just raising here is that they wanted audiences to know this is coming out, right? It's just, it's a very, it's a very interesting way. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very, very, very different take. Yeah. Um, Now for the film itself, Mm -hmm. you know, overall, to me, the the thing that struck me and I was asking you actually about, because I couldn't remember the title of it. It made me laugh. What is that Anne Hathaway movie? Where she was in fashion. And then you said, Devil, Devil Wears Prada. Prada. I was like, yes, that's it. So this movie actually reminds me of a Devil Wears Prada crossed with Ocean's 8. Yes, Ocean's 8, folks. 8. 8. I'm being very specific with, in with, saying that. With Sandra Bullock, where it's, you know, a a the, the ruthlessness of, of 
fashion paired with the with the thrill of a high stakes heist. Dun dun dun. Stakes, not stakes. What did I say? Yeah, I don't stakes, not stakes. What? It's not. Like we're I was doing thinking spelling food. here. I was thinking food. Sounds the same. <laughs> God, the English that. language is so weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, very much in that same vein. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, and what I what I really liked is it's based in the seventies. And if you talk to anybody who was, you know, starting their career in the seventies as a woman, and even now, but in the seventies, based on what I've been told, because I mean, I was born then. I don't, I didn't really go I was out a to work. Baby in seventy four. Yeah. So you know, we don't we don't know because we weren't. I don't want to say we weren't conscious because we were, but you know, you, you don't mm-hmm. remember your really oh, really not. early years. And everything I've been told is like the seventies were horrible. The 60s, the 50s, they were horrible for women. Well, they they didn't have careers like we do now, right? And they were... Well, it's just, it was interesting. and far between. In, in the scene where she is working cleaning the toilets, mm-hmm. which is, they get her, her job and they're like, oh, by the way, if you know Prince Charles, say it's a polo thing, mm-hmm. which was funny. Um, but she's cleaning toilets and she obviously has more to her and the boss who is a gentleman just turns around and goes you know dismisses her out of hand yeah constantly Mm -hmm. now i understand you know you you kind of need to know your place in certain positions there are people that know more but as for me and maybe i'm contrarian but i've always felt that you need to help people because just because someone is cleaning your toilet doesn't mean they don't have something to offer so you constantly want to kind of uplift your people and if they know something or they can help you give them the credit that they've earned by coming up with an idea or whatever, and you keep trying to level them up because they could be the next big person in your business that helps you go to that next level. You never know. Right. So seeing her dismiss, seeing him dismiss her out of hat was, God, I hated him. (laughs) But then when he turned around and he's talking to the Baroness and the Baroness is like that window was brilliant and it was talented and amazing. And she's trying to find out if, uh, Estella works there. He's like, oh no, I fired her. You know, it's breeding. And it's just that you just want to smack people with that ideal. Because what, what was important to him is money and power. The Baroness had it. Estella didn't. He was judging her by her looks, by her cover and not by her position, Mm. which is why, but you know, that also goes into the nature versus nurture, you know, because this whole film, if you look at it and, and I'm a person uh, with my psychology degree and whatnot, I've not shied away from the fact that I love the gray areas. Mm-hmm. I have always felt that um, we need more stories like this because life is not black and white. Yeah, life isn't fair. And, you know, like like we said you know, at the very beginning, it's how you persevere that builds your character. Yeah, but it's, it's also Corella or Estella is the perfect manifestation. She's got half black hair, half white hair. Yeah. So, I told you that during yeah. the film. That, and I didn't oh, think about it. Yeah. It's the perfect, yeah, it, her, because we come to know that the Baroness really is not all that great. And her father was, you know, really good to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, and we should and clarify white. the Baroness. It turns out is Estella's biological mother. Yes. Sorry. I, I, she's went ahead of myself. Part. Yes. But, um, but she's the perfect blend of her parents. Mm-hmm. But then if you think about it, the person who has the hair is all gray. She's mm-hmm. a blend of the two. But even when at the end, when everything is going wrong, she says, look, I lost my way. I did this and I did that. It's the nature versus uh, 
nature versus nurture. Because if you think about it, who her parents are, and the Baroness is trying to lead her down one way, but her friends and her chosen family of Jasper and Horace, they they kind of quote unquote raise each other right to be good people. Well, Catherine, her her foster mother mm-hmm. actually is also um credited with that, right? She was nurturing Estella to be what was the what was the phrase? There was a phrase that she Love Cruella into shape. Re- yes, exactly. That she knew really who Estella was, right? Who her mother is. And so she was trying to give her show her a different path. Yeah. So, yeah, it, and yes, so the Baroness basically gave Estella her her innate sense of fashion and her design genius. But like you said, her chosen family and those who are around her helped her realize, okay, you know what, there is a different path. Yeah, there's there's people you can love. There's people who are your family, your chosen family. Like even when they're in primary school and Anita Darling has a dodgeball, I think it was dodgeball, mm-hmm. thrown at her head mm-hmm. and Estella just sticks her hand out, Cruella Estella, and yeah. stops it. Yep. She's like, you know, you protect your people. Yeah. So that's why I say villain stories, you know, number one, I think it was uh, Kevin Batchelder who said, you know, every villain thinks they're the hero of their own story. Well, every person thinks they're the hero of their yeah, own story, Yeah, but I, I like that, that statement that he brings up because the fact is every villain, every every evil person has a story. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but like if you really look at humanity, everything in humanity is gray and everybody has a story. People just aren't inherently straight up black and white. I'm evil. That's it. There's a reason for it. Yeah, And it's up to us to understand the reasoning so that, A, we can see the badness before it becomes horrible, but also maybe we can do something in society to prevent certain things from happening. Right. So for me, I loved, and I love that Disney is doing this with all of their villains, because if you really watch their cartoons and, and growing up with them, mm-hmm. you know... Um, Corel was always the bad. There, there was no, there was no like... Um, there was no leeway. Yeah. She just was mean. Maleficent was mean. You know, there was the bad, bad, bad person. And then there was the princess or the queen or the really good, really innocent person. Mm -hmm. And now I'm looking at it going, okay, you know, Anita Darling isn't even like that pristine and perfect. Neither is Roger. Right. They're human. Yeah. Which makes them more interesting. Yes. They're not one dimensional. Yep. So I went on my little tangent. No, that's fine. Um, okay. Are we, are we good with that topic? Okay. So the other good that I, that I wanted to point out here, despite the formula, right? There's a formula of, okay, intro, um, you know, they, they go on one path and then something happens and then they, they, it's like a pendulum. They go to the other extreme and then something happens there. Yeah, we were we were having that conversation on the couch, right. and I was like, "Okay, this is it's this you know is, this can't keep going. Where's right. the crescendo before she crashes?" Right, and then you know she then redeems herself and and mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. So, despite that formula, right, the storyline to me was expertly laid out and superbly acted to the point of where I didn't mind that it was over two hours long. Like I didn't it, notice it was that long. No, and and we watched it really late, right? And I I was so I was so not focused on the time that I didn't realize how late it was when it was done, and I was still like really 
pumped up after watching it. Yeah. You know, we we were discussing it for for a while before we actually went to bed. Yeah. And then so, we woke up really early. Oh. Yeah. Um it, that was rough, but that was rough. But I for me it's like someone who I look, my fashion statement is jeans and a t-shirt. So I know nothing about are, fashion. Mine is socks and sandals. Oh, yes. <laughs> God. So I, I, I'm just going to go back to Cruella and I'm not touching that because I, I am happy wife, happy life, happy wife. Um, I don't know anything about fashion. So mm-hmm. I don't understand any of this, right? Mm-hmm. This is not my forte. But I felt like I could follow it. Like when she makes that dress and it's stunning and everybody is sitting around staring at it like it is this gorgeous hand beaded dress. Mm-hmm. And then the Baroness goes, I've done it again. Yeah, I'm like, you, you didn't even lift a finger to do it. But I understood that because as a creative person, mm-hmm. when you see things on pirate sites or whatever, you know, like my books are somewhere on a pirate site. I immediately went, I get that. Mm-hmm. And it was like an emotion. I felt that. And then when it turns out that those were moth eggs. Yeah. I was like, yes, yes. Get back at her. Because that is everybody working on that floor. All of those designers who were then creating everything so they designed and created everything and she just took it and made a name for herself and uh-huh. stepped on everyone i was like give her her just desserts i i'm i liked that yeah well that that was the nature of the baroness yeah um, well what, what was her line um they're sitting over drinks and she says to cruella i think you have the ability to have your own fashion line or, or fashion label uh-huh. but do you have the killer instinct I was when she turns around and goes, "Oh, I hope so." Yeah, it's a very interesting thing because I think that also kind of leads Cruella continuously down the evil line. Like I have to knock her out in order to have my space, and that really—I wish that wasn't the case. I, I, but the thing is, it it wasn't the case. She did get justice, but the killer instinct is not literally to kill. True, but it's the idea that you knock someone else down so that you can thrive. Yeah, and I, I mean, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who think that. Yeah. Um, and in in my in my humble opinion, there is enough room for everybody to succeed. Agreed. And so, if we just help each other out, everybody then gets lifted up. You know, like that saying: "When the tide rises, all the boats rise with it." Yeah. So anyway, that's that's what I think. No, I agree with you. And I think you you beautifully said it. Um, I'm going to bring up a point here and I am going to laugh hysterically because it is Emma Stone versus Emma Thompson. So it's the Thunderdome of Emma's. <laughs> Two Emma's enter, one Emma leaves. But what is hysterical for me is when you wrote the script, you actually wrote Emma Watson. You know, I meant Emma Thompson, but I don't know why it just came out as Watson. Just, I was just laughing at that. I'm sorry. Yeah, but anyway. But I do, um, I I was sitting there in my head going, two Emmas enter, one Emma leaves. <laughs> I was, I was, I was doing that. Um, but I liked how they showed the mental anguish for Estella thinking that she was the reason her parents, her parents, her mother ha- had died. Yeah. Um, and watching her slowly, again, formulaic i know but watching her slowly put the pieces together um emma stone is amazing yeah the, just the facial expressions i mean even under all of that makeup that she had mm-hmm. for cruella i love that um that one scene where she had all black and you thought it was all black but when you, you zoomed in it said the future 
Oh, and it, and the it mask was, is, is it, was it a mask or was it makeup? That, it's makeup. It's okay. makeup. But still, you know, in this film, Emma Stone has just, especially when she's Cruella, all this fantastical stuff on her face. And for me, watching her, it seemed like, have, have you ever seen the movie for Jekyll and Hyde? No. Okay. Um, they always try to make the actor look completely different. Mm-hmm. Everyone I've seen, right? In this case, I found that Emma Stone, yes, they put makeup on her to make her look different because obviously she was trying to look different so that um, the Baroness did not notice her. Mm-hmm. But what I loved that, I, I, and I don't know if it was deliberate, but I found that her mannerisms and her behaviors and her laughter and her tone, it was subtle movements with her eyes and her facial features created Cruella in a different way. Mm. And... I I just kept thinking in my head that is very Meryl Streep esque, mm. very chameleon esque, and I loved it. Well, I just love Emma Stone. I mean, I loved her from when I first Easy saw a. her in Easy A. I'm like, oh my god! I was like obsessed with that film. Yes, you were. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. And and you know, conversely, Emma Thompson. You got Emma, it right. Yes, I, <laughs> I was thinking of the right person. And I just wrote it wrong. Um, you know. The way she was just cold and calculating and ruthless and manipulative. I mean, all of the, you know, the, the, those, those bad adjectives, it, it just, the way she put it together, every time she was on screen, I was like, oh, I can't stand you. I can't stand the character. Yeah. No, she's, she's Emma Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's why she won two Oscars. Um Kind of like saying it's Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but yeah, that that scene where you were talking about where they were they were having a drink together, mm-hmm. and she actually was talking instead of barking orders. She was talking to Estelle, oh. Estella. Uh, I see. Now I'm thinking about the. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. I was actually thinking about the beer, and I'm like, no, wait, that's Stella beer. Stella Artois? Yes. So, anyway, I am, I'm going off on tangents here. Get out, oh, get out of my head. I was going to say I'm rubbing off on you after 20 years. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, no, it, the, the thing that got me, though, was that she was very consistent, right? Her character, Emma Thompson played the Baroness um, with consistency, and maybe this is also part of the story where... You know the the way she was, her manipulativeness, her uh, ruthlessness was actually the thing that landed her in jail because yes. that's what um, Estella was counting on. Yeah, doesn't doesn't she actually say at the end one good thing about evil people is that they you can count on them doing to, yep. to do something evil to be that person. Yeah, I mean now going into 101 Dalmatians, obviously Cruella is an evil person who does mm-hmm. evil things and that's how she gets caught as well. Right. So it was an interesting, um, parallel. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, you know, me and my chosen family themes. That's another thing I loved about this. The merry band of misfits. Yeah. And that, you know, they, even when Jess, Jasper, Jasper and Horace and Horace, even though they were being treated badly by Cruella, mm-hmm. You know they were they were still holding on to the idea of Estelle. She's still in Estella. there. Estella, uh, 
Why do I keep saying I have no idea. But you know what? I I remember laughing because when they're all at the house at the end and she breaks them out of jail and she goes, I, you know, I went a little crazy and she's, she's apologizing. And then she goes, you're my family. And I started dying and you're like, what did he say? Because I was laughing so hard because it is literally something you have said to me like, oh, you played the family card. (laughs) And And it's walking. And it's, well, Jasper says she played the family card and Horace goes, yep. And it's working. Yep. Yeah. Because it is, you know, despite the thing is, you know, we, we hurt the people that we love the most or the, those who are close to us. It's just, it's, it's the way things are because we're always, you know, near them, mm-hmm. um, around them. And they, they mean so much, uh, that you just have to look past it and forgive. And then, you know, you, you just have to come around. At least I do. I mean, if you really love somebody, you have to find a way to deal with what's going on. Yeah, because you know. no one is perfect. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they were they were drawing the line. They're like, you just don't kill the Baroness. And she's like, well, I won't unless I really have to. Yeah. You know, she was making jokes about it. And finally, I think it's Jasper who says, you know, you're better than that. The one we know isn't like that. And she's like, no, I won't. I promise. And it's, it's a well, very... Well, she didn't promise. No, she, didn't she, say she says, I won't. And they watched her on the floor when at the very, very end when she's walking and she's got this little ice pick, she could have done many dastardly deeds with that thing. Mm -hmm. And instead she did exactly what she was supposed to. She poked the Baroness on one side so she could grab the dog whistle with the other. Yeah. So her, her grifting lifestyle actually. Yeah. (laughs) Served her well in that. It explains a lot about um, who Cruella is. Now continuing with the good because there's still some, stuff on the list um i really like the music but i'm also again oh my goodness i mean the music is i I was singing yeah that scene in the department store when when the boots are made for Mm walking i was actually singing that too well so was emma stone (laughs) i got emma stone correct i know but i just wanted to say it like that but look you know what happened at the end of thunderdome only one person came out and you know who came out on top cruella just saying. Um, but the music is, is great. Yeah. And I was just really, I was actually thinking, you know, we need to get the soundtrack. When I was, when I was hearing um, These Boots Are Made For Walking mm-hmm. by Nancy Sinatra, by the way, um, I remember as a kid, my mother would put that on in the living room and I just kept, as she was walking through the department store and she had the, the bottle of liquor, um, all I kept thinking of was my mom would let me wear her big boots mm-hmm. and we would walk around and I'd pretend like I could walk in them. <laughs> and so, you didn't like oh, I twist your angle? N- angle? A- ang- ankle. Oh my Lord. Wait, wow. Emma Watson? <laughs> I, you know. Is it, you sure you, I mean, you sure you weren't thinking of IBM's Watson? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to crack myself up here. Maybe it was because, really? <laughs> Maybe it was because right before this, I saw the, um, the ad for Beauty and the Beast, and I was thinking about um, Emma Watson in that. Another interesting, good live action, mm-hmm. but but not neither the here nor there. Um, and and finally, for me, and I picked up on it and went absolutely mad. And you were just like, "What is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's Anita and Roger, and she sent them each Punko and Perdita, and they're going to get together, and then it's 101 Dalmatians." Yes, and I that really went way over my head. Because I I did not actually remember Roger and Anita. I kept remembering the dogs. 
Yeah, it's 101 Dalmatians. I remembered them, but I was like, oh, I knew. I'm like, okay, well, that explains the connection. Anita Darling is really clear cut. I mean, it it is. It it didn't even click to me until that mid-credit scene. Oh, all right. So it did for me. um, But I didn't pick up on Roger. I'm like, oh, that might be a coincidence. Yeah, I didn't. You know, watching it the second time through to make my notes and all of that, um, I I really glossed over it when he was introduced. Mm-hmm. But the Baroness actually said, um, "You know, this is Roger. Um, he's a lawyer, he, but he spends he more pref- time tinkering on a piano. He prefers to play in the dingy bar mm-hmm. rather than dingy the- bar, dingy. Didn't all I, say all dingy? I was thinking of is a dingy, and a dingy is like a oh little my boat goodness." <laughs> I think I, I think I should stop while I'm ahead, but I'm <laughs> very behind. Done, so you're good. Anyway, um, yeah, the, I totally missed the fact that she was saying that he preferred playing the piano rather than being a lawyer. But despite that, he's still a pretty good one. So she gave him like a backhanded compliment. Yeah, when, well, she did that with everybody. I understand that, but yes, I'm I'm just saying that she didn't do that a lot for anybody else, which is why that should have been like a very big like ding 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 and i just totally missed it that's all good any other good um no i don't think so i mean that that's was pretty that's pretty it's about 30 minutes worth of good oh goodness i'm just there's a lot there's a lot um so going to the bad and it, it, it's kind of nitpicky i i was actually noticing this well i noticed it with something a different aspect of it but go ahead all right well for me the nitpicking piece was uh at the end where estella fell into the water you Mm -hmm. know off the cliff once she landed in the water you could tell it was cgi yeah it wasn't good cgi especially after the entire film they've got these great sequences where you've got newspaper articles like planted on walls and you can see how it it was beautifully done and then there's this yeah i it it just threw me off a little bit i'm like all right you know what I, I'm willing to just see. Just, and, and for me, the CGI at the end, I was like, ugh. but it was the dog. Every time the dog was jumping, like when they uh, very, very beginning, when little Estella follows the two boys the and then, you know, it's like sometimes when the dog jumps from the roof and down, you're like, first off, I don't think a dog would do that. Second off, it's like, it's definitely a CGI dog. Yeah. Considering how much, the film looked really well and you can tell where they use the CGI and stuff properly. That kind of felt off. Yeah. It didn't, I don't want to say it was cheap, but it just was off. Yeah. So it would, I would constantly draw my eye to it and I'd be like, ugh, okay. And then I just was like, all right, go back to the story. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, I didn't see any other bad. Did you? No, not really. I mean, nothing that stood out that annoyed the crap out of me. Okay. Um, Oh, look at that. A very short bad section. Hey, we just made up time. Um, so on the cute, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm stealing this one. The puppies. I the show was about the puppies. Really? Oh my god! I'm not giving you my notes anymore. Oh no! Oh please! I thought Buddy was the cutest darn dog. <laughs> I I mean I was okay. You thought Buddy was cute. I thought Wink was just oh my god adorable. Wink as the rat. <laughs> <laughs> when they're caught okay so this let me set up the scene they're trying to steal the necklace and the security cameras they're trying to bypass them but jasper's having some issues so horace is still on screen even though he's supposed to be like a rat mm-hmm. like exterminator and it's wink dressed up in a rat costume so it's a massive rat 
And he starts shooting this white powder stuff. He's like, oh, there you are. You're such a bit. And the dog goes, rrr, rrr, and all of a sudden the dog just falls over and plays dead. <laughs> and it's the cutest thing. He picks up Wink, puts him in the bag, and he's like, oh, you dastardly evil like thing. He's like, you're ugly thing, whatever it is. And he goes, not you, Wink. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so cute. But it's the, the fact that it has a little patch on its eye. Like, yeah. oh. It was adorable. Um, or how about that scene where he was bait for the Dalmatians? Oh. And it was like... Or when he brought the keys or the file to help them break out of jail. Yeah. And he's like, wanky. <laughs> I'm going to kiss you right on the mouth. I don't care where your mouth has been. Yes. I was like, ooh, ooh, it's ooh. Just, you know, I, I, I love it. I just love, I love animals. So mm-hmm. um, the, the one cute for me is the interactions are the interactions between Estella. Okay, I got that right. Yes, you did. Estella and Artie in his shop, second time around. Mm-hmm. The, the, the dialogue and just, you know, the two of them, they're, they're basically outcasts, right? Yeah. And no one understands them, but they understand each other. Mm-hmm. And so that to me was just very, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know how else to describe that except... Really heartwarming and cute. Yeah. They found chosen family. Yeah. Um, obviously, the mid-credit scene I thought was adorable. I'm just going to say with the Dalmatians, they were really cute to, Like when they when we realized that they love soccer, mm. football. Football. It, I still get confused. English football. It. Yes, English football. Um, well, actually, it's English football is, is ours, isn't it? Or I don't know. No. Whichever it is, but soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when they, they find the dogs loved soccer and they sat quietly on the couch and watched. Yeah. And you and I both picked up on that because we're like, you know what? Uh, Baroness is going to use the Dalmatians later. And even the Dalmatians showed that when you treat them differently and you train them, they are, you know, all animals are only, you know, as the domesticated as one, as good as their owner. Yeah. And I, I really, the Dalmatians, when, when she sits, at that, at goes that and sits, sit, sit, yeah. and they do, and they're like, mm, and they're just looking like, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that that was really great. I mean, the 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 first inkling that I got that they were starting to listen to her um, was in the when they were in the loft, and you know, one of the Dalmatians comes near the fireplace because I guess you know I'll allow they were, it. They were cold, and mm-hmm. yes, Cruella says I'll allow it, and the dog was just like, "Okay, now now, can now, now will you pet me?" But that's a cute thing because it just shows you know good people. Train. I want to say good people. Um, just people training animals. It's cute. Yeah, I'm. I'm tangential on that, but I mean, they. Let me tell you, Dalmatians are big. My neighbor has one. They're big dogs. They are very powerful dogs. Yeah, I'm not afraid of him because he's he's like a hundred fifty pound lap dog. I don't know how heavy he is, but he's a ridiculous lap dog. Like I see him, his owner's really small, and um, he sits on her lap, and then she disappears. It's the most adorable thing. So. He walks her, not the other way around. Yeah, I, I think he just lets her and goes, okay, human, we're going for a walk. Um, but it's just, I love animals. Yeah. Um, the the only other cue for me uh, that I that I want to mention here is during the end credits mm-hmm. when they were scrolling. I'm like, oh, look at that! Glenn Close is an executive producer on this. I have to say, I absolutely, absolutely, unequivocally hated her as Cruella. Oh, see, I didn't see the movie. The, I saw the, them. The and the reason I hated her is because she just was creepy. 
like <laughs> Cruella's you, supposed to be creepy. But no, but that's the point. She did such a good job, in my opinion, that it was just like, Ugh. but the, you know, the full circle mm-hmm. that you know she she is an executive producer. Yeah. So that so was Emma Stone on this film. You know, because she initiated the 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 Cruella character yeah. in the live action film in the nineteen ninety six. In the nineties. Just cover your bases. Okay, in the 90s. In the 90s, bases, base, whatever. In the 90s. <laughs> oh, see? I'm roving off on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Do you have any more cute? Do you have any more bad? Do you have any more good? Um, no, I don't think so. Wow. Okay, then. See, we made up even more time. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now that we've finished our discussion of Cruella, it's time for the Forever Fangirls rating Drum roll, please. Okay. So we give Cruella 4.5 stars. Yes. And there's a reason because this time we actually disagreed on our rating. So we've decided that when we disagree and we each have For the two- first time ever. Not true. Um, <laughs> I was being facetious. I've, I normally just go, okay, dear, whatever. Um, we, we've decided to start averaging because mm-hmm. I thought it was a four because for me, with all the amount of money that they spent on marketing, with all the amount of money that they did utilize uh, for other end of CGI, having those CGI aspects fall through the wayside is enough to pull my eye. If that's the case, then maybe that extra money should have been directed to doing better CGI in that, or at least making it not stand out as much. Yeah. And for me, I was just like, you know what? Um, It didn't deter me enough. And the fact that I enjoyed it so much that I didn't realize it was two hours and 14 minutes long and that I was just so enthralled with the story, I gave it a five. Yeah, so it averages to 4.5. I mean, overall, it really, in in our humble opinion, you need to watch it. You should watch. I shouldn't say you need. You should. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. But again, this is our opinion and opinions are... Dime a dozen. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's worth a shot. Yeah. I, I think, um, I don't know how long before it comes off premiere access. I don't know either, but it is available in theaters if you are comfortable you know, going. Comfortable going. Yeah. Um, and if not, you know, it is on Disney premiere, uh, Disney plus premiere access. So I'm just going to say one final thing mm-hmm. and I'm going to reiterate again. Mm-hmm. I liked it because it was a interesting psychological exploration of how we adapt to circumstances so we can survive and move on. And it is a very, I don't want to say fantastical. I just really appreciate and enjoy Disney delving into their villains and breaking down into a massive psychological thing. I like that Disney is making more complex characters and they're taking complex characters and they're showing you why they're complex. Well, I mean, it makes it an interesting film. Yes. And and that's why I'm saying I did not... I did not think that I did not feel that this was two hours and 14 minutes long because I enjoyed it so much. It was such a, a complex story and it, it does reflect how humans are. Right. And 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 then there are funny bits in between. Yeah. I was like laughing out loud at some scenes. You were, I I do remember we had to pause it a few times because I, either I was laughing hysterically and you couldn't hear the dialogue and I had to rewind it or you were laughing and I wanted you to hear the next section. So I had to rewind it and pause. Right. And that's part of the 
that's part of the fun of having it, you know, watching it at home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can control. Well, okay. Also what? the fact that we were under blankets and warm and <laughs> didn't have to worry about it. It's been very bad weather here these past few days. So, right. so anyway, um, so that's our discussion. Yep. And so let's turn our attention to, Uh-oh. huh? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No. Well, we mentioned in our banjo music section that we are going to announce the winners of the three Cat Burrell autographs, right? Yep. So, are you ready? Yep. Okay. Drum roll, please. Again. And thanks to random.org's true random number generator, here are our winners. First one is Dree at Leukemia. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sorry if I'm totally messed up your handle. Um, our second winner is Guy at Gayatriar 1982. Again, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, and our third winner is Ashley Ledger at Ashley Mammoth. Yay! Woohoo! Yay! Congratulations, everybody. Uh, and thank you to everyone who entered our contest. This was the biggest... Uh, the biggest one that we've we've run so far, and we had a lot of entries. Yeah. So. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and we love doing this type of stuff. So um, we hope to do more of these giveaways in the future. But on that note, that is our show for today, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening to the podcast on your smartphone, uh, be sure to hit that little subscribe or follow button because Apple has changed a lot of their podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't miss any future episodes. But if you do have a moment, please leave us a review um, of this episode or a rating of the podcast. It really does help us out a great deal. And if you want to contact us about Cruella or comment about our podcast, recommend a show topic, you can use Twitter at Forever Fan Pod or leave us a 90 second voicemail via speakpipe.com forward slash Forever Fangirls Podcast. All this information is in our show notes. Yeah. And until next time, stay safe. Be kind. And remember, as Cruella says, it's funny how those happy accidents can change the whole direction of your life. Things happen for a reason. And while the result may not be exactly what you have planned, it is where you are exactly meant to be.